Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Little Liars podcast on TimeTravelMurderMystery.com. I am Benjamin Light. And I am Marco Sparks. And today we are talking about S1E9 of Pretty Little Liars, entitled The Perfect Storm. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Marco? I am well. How are you? I'm good. Enjoyed the episode. For the most part, what did you think? Uh... <laughs> It's a very interesting episode. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't know. It's weird, but it's part of me wants to say that I enjoyed it as much as the homecoming episode. I and think yet, I, it's not as it's not as like like preposterous as that episode was. I think I realized just kind of we'll we'll get into it in a bit, but I realized kind of overarchingly what I like didn't really like about this last stretch of episodes that much. I think two things. One, Alex. I, I hate that guy. I just don't like him. Uh, Spencer's boyfriend. And yeah. two, Lucas is just... Uh, creepy. Like, yeah. I wrote so this down, and we can ponder this, and we'll come back to it. I wrote down in my notes that he is the anti-Zeth Cohen. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. All um, right, so let's dive in. This is the episode kind of... Uh, brief description they are going to go take the SATs at school but there's a storm so they're just kind of stuck there all day it's a little bit of a bottle episode not totally but still like the last few episodes starts off in Spencer's kitchen yes but not with all four girls this time it's almost like there's always one girl absent you know yeah you ever notice that like it's it's I mean we get it occasionally where there's all four girls in the uh, the opening scene but usually it's like one of them is absent for some reason or another which would be wonderful, like, if you really want to suspect that one of the girls is A. Yeah. Well, it starts out... Well, first of all, we'll get to that. But it starts out at Spencer's Kitchen. Spencer, Arya, and Hannah studying for the SATs. Um, Spencer nailing all of her vocabulary. Her her words, which are so fitting for the girls. <laughs> yeah. Stringent is the first word, which is tough and inflexible. Who would you prescribe stringent to? Well, I, two different options, but I'll, I'll go with Spencer on that. Yeah. Well, the second word is meretricious, which is uh, phony or fake. Yeah. <laughs> and the last word is besotted. <laughs> Arya. <laughs> uh, Arya could also make a choice for uh, stringent, you know. True, true. And they all are liars. They all are phony. You know? Yeah. But they're pretty, too. They're tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, <laughs> Anna says, uh, you're already scary. She's talking to Spencer. She's like, you don't need to know any more big people words. You're also already scary enough for people under 50. And Spencer says, am I scary? No, she says, I'm not scary. Am I scary? And both Arya and Hannah kind of look at her and Arya's like, a little bit. The line reading of that, though, is it's exactly why you give Troy and Belisario this role. Mm-hmm. Well, the, all the girls are great in this scene. It. I like that the show has scenes like this where it's just like them like hanging out, like, you know, studying, like actually studying, not just talking about studying and then not studying, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're rehashing a little bit of like the plot stuff, but they're also just kind of chewing up the sense of their friends. And I think that you can really make the argument. I mean, I think we've, we've said it in the previous episodes, but Mm -hmm. at this point, like without a doubt, not officially here, but like without a doubt by now, this group is fully reformed. Oh yeah. like a clique of friends again. They are Voltron once more. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Hannah won't won't give up on uh, Arya and the Noel Khan thing. Mm-hmm. Hannah wants Deets. She's got to mm-hmm. live vicariously now. <laughs> she wants to make that happen. God knows she's not getting any steam in her own relationship. No. Well, this episode, you might very well forget that her gay boyfriend Sean exists. Yeah, I know. Really. He doesn't appear at all. He's not mentioned once. And that's uh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, so Arya is saying, you know, trying to shoot her down. Like, look, there's nothing happening there. Uh, Noel and I were just friends. That's all I want is just friends. And Hannah responds with, well, don't you have enough friends on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> well, she makes a weird comment about Noel Khan's lips. And then, uh, and then talks about how his dad owns half of Rhode Island. <laughs> and then, like, Spencer's like, wait, his dad has nice lips? Yeah, but she talks about his dad, and then she says he has nice lips, and she's mm-hmm. talking about Noel again. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very literal. He's like, his dad? Ew. 
And yeah, so and then they find out that uh, Spencer's still dating uh, Alex Bro, and she doesn't want to talk about it because things are good. Her mom doesn't know about it yet. Her mom shows up and is like, "Eat some food for me, because I I can't." You know, <laughs> it's interesting the way they talk about food on this show. Well, especially in the Spencer Hastings family, because yeah. like uh, what was that one a couple episodes ago where they offer Melissa some uh, pasta that yeah, Spencer's eating? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'd rather not get fat. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the mom says, well, where's Emily? And the girls respond, well, she's probably on her way over. And we cut to Emily's bedroom. And she comes inside and everything's, you know, it's storming because there's a big storm outside. So. It's all stormy and her, she's all disheveled and wet and, and like dirty, dirty dirt everywhere. Dun, 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 dun. Um, and of course, cause last week's episode ended with somebody destroying the, the memorial they made. So yeah. maybe it was Emily and raise she your gets, hand if you think it was actually Emily. <laughs> and she gets a, a text from a that says, there's only so much you can bury, Emily. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and then we get the credits. Uh, so let me find out that this is the SATs episode. It's a Saturday, most likely. The, uh, it's a crazy storm outside, yet all the kids have shown up uh, at the school. I feel like the SAT episode was one that doesn't get used enough in your typical teen show. Here's what every other show would have done with this, this, this type of episode. It would have been like the Saturday school, the, the breakfast club. Yeah, the detention episode. Yeah. But no, Pretty Little Liars is like, Little Liars is like shockingly real to the mm-hmm. high school experience. Yeah, I mean, there's not really girls who dress like Aria. I don't <laughs> think, but not at our high school. God damn. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It, it it does kind of touch on the kind of more like banal, uh, you know, tropes of high school rather than you know, like uh, like they had a homecoming episode, but like. You know, like they weren't there for the crowning type of thing, you know, like yeah. they left instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So everyone's, everyone's piling in, not just their school, but other schools like PS, whatever that the tennis bro went to is going to be there to take his SATs. Uh, everyone else finds out that somebody had fucked up a, uh, fucked up Allison's memorial and Wilden shows up to screw up the girl's heads before their test about well, it. I have a few, I have a few comments here. Um, one, I just want to say right at the top, I lo- this is my favorite kind of weather, like, in the world. Uh, like, stormy fall weather. Like, that's just good times. It's like instant drama, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, outside is, like, this, like, violent nature metaphor for what's going and on. I, I always loved lives. it when the power would go out at school. To me, that was always, like, a ton of fun, you know? Because it was, like, usually, like, class just, like, stopped and, like, it... It stopped being school and became just like this kind of like communal activity where you're just hanging out, you know? Well, it started young. I don't know how it was for you, but when I was in elementary school, on rainy days, the teachers didn't even try to do oh, yeah, educating. Yeah. I mean, it was all games and stuff because yeah, playing they, games, knew they didn't have our concentration. If, the, if there was electricity, you'd watch a movie or something, yeah. But when I got to high school, my favorite times were when it was stormy outside and the power would go out and when the lights came back on, somebody was dead. <laughs> Uh, I could go off on a whole clue tangent right now because I just watched that movie. Oh, excellent. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Wilden decides to hang out at the high school. Oh, yeah, that, that was my other comment. Was uh, what did I wrote down? I wrote down Wilden lurks like Jean Parmesan. <laughs> <laughs> he just suddenly turns around. and He's like, actually, the mo- you know that road was closed because somebody wrecked the memorial. <laughs> Uh, he's just been like hanging out, waiting for his entrance there. You know, exactly. Like, yeah, like just waiting in the trash can for somebody to say "wonder." <laughs> uh, yeah, his investigation is clearly going swimmingly. Mm-hmm. Arya has a conversation with her mom about how, like, her mom's been trying to get a hold of her, but she says, "Well, I guess you had your phone off for the test," which I just thought like bullshit. There's no way Arya turns her phone off for the test. No. no. But Arya is basically punishing her mom by like denying uh, her own presence. You oh, know, that that's her punishment. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. So, so the mom's invited her to dinner a couple nights in a row, and Arya's canceled on every one of them. The reason why is because if Arya has dinner with her mom, she's accepting the fact that her parents have separated. Well, because the, the mom's like, that. well, you know, you're supposed to come over Monday and then Tuesday, 
And then she's like, but you're never coming over, are you? And Arya's like, no. Well, but so, so, Arya's response to her exact line to her mom is, just because you were ready for this doesn't mm-hmm. mean I am. Mm-hmm. I want to clarify again that this is a girl who knew that her dad had cheated on the mom for a whole <laughs> fucking year. Well, and her punishment for her mother is to not deny her mother herself. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Her mom's like, wait, that's okay. Yeah. Damn you. Yeah. But digging, just because you were ready for this. Arya knew about this for a goddamn year. <laughs> but yeah, but prior to that, she's very uncomfortable about the idea of her mom being a teacher at the school. Because the mom's put an application to be a teacher. Well, Arya gets all up in her shit. She's like, yeah. what's going on? What are you here for? Why yeah, are you what here? are you here for? Why are you here? How long has this been going yeah. on? Let me ask you a question. Why are you here? No, one mm-hmm. more question. Why the fuck are you here? <laughs> this is Arya's school. Mm-hmm. Uh, salt, I guess we're salt in her game. Yeah, we're full on into Arya here. Or... Oh you yeah, well, why don't, you, why don't you? Yeah, I did my notes differently. I didn't separate them up. So why don't you lead the way, and I'll just chime in when I feel like it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, the next thing I have is that we get the impression from Noel Khan that he is just not giving up on Arya. Uh, inviting her to basketball games, inviting her to hockey games. Oh, though, by no the way, hockey. Pro tip, Noel Khan: all chicks like hockey. Just gonna throw that out there. Really? Do they? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Secretly. Uh, uh, but because I have it separated by Arya, not by plot. If you're stuff. gonna, if you're gonna ask Arya on a date, basketball would be like the last thing on my list. Well, <laughs> like Sixers, Sixers game. <laughs> the second last thing would be hockey. No one doesn't. Nobody gets Arya that she needs to go to like a poetry reading. Mm-hmm. You know, like somebody needs to be like reading some like Edgar Allan Poe downtown at a coffee shop or a bar. That's mm-hmm. where Arya is. That's her wheelhouse. Um, that's where her secret garden opens up. But um. Yeah, my next note is that when they're in the library and uh, Noel offers her a way out of the library to a different classroom, mm. and he whips out his guitar. He whips out the guitar, and she, and he sa- she says, oh, I don't know, he played the guitar, and he says, it's secret. And I just wrote down that it must be a secret because him playing the guitar as well would make him t- literally too cool for school. I love the way that they frame this, that you never actually see this actor. Like doing anything on the guitar, <laughs> yeah. And all but the long you, shots, he's just holding the guitar. But, but you the close up, definitely, like, like, you definitely hear Lucy Hale sing, though. It, the way that I'm watching it on Netflix, the way it's edited, like it, I felt like I was listening to one of those things where they have like another person dubbed in singing. It's I definitely her. I don't doubt that it's her, but for a moment there, I was just like, this doesn't make sense. What did you think of her voice? I didn't think it was Lucy Hale at first. Hmm, okay, I, 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 it definitely is. I, I thought she was fine, but a little maybe thin. Countryfied. It was no, it wasn't really countryfied. It was just kind of thin, you know. Like there wasn't a lot of uh, kind of, you know, soul behind that voice at all. We can add some soul in there. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So no con, no con is going for that move real quick. The, he's got the girl. You know what? If you've got it in your tool shed, you use it. I mean, that's why you learn to play guitar. To me, but this is a this is a hail mary pass for most guys, though. You know what I mean? He's a high school student. I mean, true. <laughs> he's a high school student. He's like, I know two things. I'm Noel Khan, and I'm Noel Khan. Also, I can play the guitar. You know? He's like, if this doesn't get it done, then that uh, this chick might be gay. Yeah. Or she's in a coma. I can't mm-hmm. tell. She might be dead. Look at the way she dresses. Yeah. Um. But also the other the other bold thing is that this, they're still in high school. They're, they're in a classroom. Like, they like, sneak off to the music room. Yeah. And it's of course, of room. course, yeah. it's like, oh, you're playing guitar. I'm just going to go ahead and sing along to that. And it, as I uh, wrote to you online, I was like, who is seducing who in this scene? Yeah. Because it's almost like it's like. Arya's into Noel Khan because he's playing, but she's also kind of into herself because she's singing. Yeah, and then yeah. and then vice versa as well. You know, I <laughs> I feel like they both Noel Khan and Arya left this scene thinking to themselves, "Yeah, I kind of kick ass." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're definitely almost seducing themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're both picking up on each other, being impressed. They just don't realize who they're being impressed with. They're really, they're, they would be like that couple that like, they don't really like each other that much. They're just like, they accessorize each other well, you know? 
Exactly. Exactly. They, yeah, they're like weird, like uh, narcissistic mirrors mm-hmm. of, of each other. Um, yeah. So the way they edit this, it, it seems like we're about to play into a montage. We actually catch another character who gets a flashback during this music mm-hmm. montage. But then when that character's flashback ends, we cut back into Arya and Noel still singing together. Um, it's like and, an old folk song that her parents listened to. Which I thought was yeah, funny. it's it's the weirdest song ever to seduce a girl to, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they almost kiss, and then... Cock-blocked. Ezra shows up. Yeah. Well, just... just like, only Arya would get this kind of weird, like, awkward... Like three, like three way romance moment where yeah. she's about to kiss a boy her age when her high school or her high school teacher boyfriend walks in <laughs> and is stunned at what he's seen. Yeah. And then she has to dispatch the, uh, the high school boyfriend to talk to the teacher boyfriend. She does it in the most suspicious way possible. Yeah, really. Like, Not no smooth gets at all. Up, no, Al gets up and he's like, all right, because like Ezra's like, uh, you know, you need to be back to be in the back library in, yeah. for safety reasons. And Noel's like, yeah, okay, whatever, man, whatever, bro. Like, hey, are you coming? And Arya's like, um, I'm going to stay and talk to Mr. Fitz about the homework. <laughs> and Noel's not stupid. <laughs> he's like, huh, I just got cock-blocked by a teacher. That's weird. He's, I'm just going to do the shifty eye thing and scoot down the hallway. Mm. Well, if I mean, if I'm Noel. I'm just out in the hallway listening. Oh yeah, because I think he, I think he probably does. Yeah, because yeah. he asked her um, later. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so Arya immediately gives Ezra the third degree. Where were you? She's like, he's checking his story and waiting to see if he's going to lie to her. You know, and then he he does eventually say that he was looking for a new job, and then she yeah. just jumps straight up his ass. I'm paraphrasing this line, but I absolutely adore this line, and it's it's everything about why I love Arya. She says to him, you said you got a haircut from me, and then you just disappeared. <laughs> well, I think the moral of the story here is that you do not dare ignore Arya's calls and texts. No, no. you don't dare ignore Arya's Because all, all you're doing is delaying the firestorm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, you know, if she wants to hurt you and wants to shut you out, you could die of frost. She's like, I got an old con waiting just outside. Yeah, he's just waiting on my hook. Mm-hmm. Literally, he's right out there. I can see him listening to us. <laughs> but yeah, she she promptly storms out of there because there's a subtext again that Arya is not an adult. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing you say to Arya. That is the very last <laughs> thing, the you, last say thing you say before you die. Yeah. yeah. But she walks out of there with this kind of strut that basically just says that she's about to go throw herself at Noel to stick it to Ezra. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, my notes are weird too because for the parent stuff, I have the yeah. with the girls. Yeah, well, let's let's just talk about that as its own thing here. Okay. Um, at least the the Byron Ashley stuff. Well, I mean, I, next I have is just Ella and uh, Ezra. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that because yeah, because can... because of Ezra's in the supply closet, and who is he going to run into? But of course, Arya's mom. Mm-hmm. Of course, I really like this scene. I, I thought it was a fun scene because. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's they're both they're both coming at it with their own kind of like secrets and uh you know concerns about Arya that are totally different and so it's like every time one says something the other is thinking about something else you know like like uh i can't remember the line ella has but she says something like oh Arya likes you right or something like that and he's just like what well so there's a great bit there where she's like have you noticed any changes in Ari in the last yeah. few weeks? And Ezra's face is just like, oh boy. <laughs> He's like, oh shit. <laughs> He's like looking at the exit. He's about to like jump through a wall and make like an Ezra shaped hole just to get away from this moment. <laughs> He's thinking about how much money he can get from like credit cards and ATMs before like uh, the police are onto him. Exactly. Exactly. And then. Um, she has the classic line of when Arya's hurt and she wants to shut you out, you could die of frostbite. Yes. <laughs> and there's just like, thanks for telling me. Um, so like, yeah, you couldn't have told me that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> she's trying to open up to him as a concerned mom and he's, you know, the <laughs> pedophile boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then she ends it with, I'm really glad that she has you in her life right now. An adult <laughs> that she admires. And he's just like, man, this is so weird, but I have a total boner right now. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I don't think I'd want to have sex with Ari and her mom at the same time, but <laughs> if one of them was watching, yeah. Noted. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the Byron Ashley thing. I don't know really where else to talk about that. Yeah. Um, that's excellent. Byron, he he needs to fax something, and the power's out of his place, so he calls up Ashley. He's like, hey, you still the power. Yeah, she does. So he comes over there, brings bread, because he wants to make toast as well. Um, <laughs> I like how Ashley also lies, like, uh, at the drop of a hat, just like Hannah, how, like, she's, she's at the start of the scene, she's doing her finances, uh, and like kind of like just writing the checks and then doing the math and then tearing the check up, you know. And yeah. then she she says, "Oh yeah, come over. I was just ordering something from a catalog, you know." Just like, mm-hmm. No reason at all to lie about that, but she does anyway. Well, because I love that that she'd much rather maintain the image of like a shallow, material person mm-hmm. in a way than like somebody who's broke. Yeah, in Rosewood, you have to. Well, to, the other thing too, interesting, logistically, we find out. I don't think I knew this before, but that. I say they Ari live and Hannah on the same street. They he says uh, how are things on your side of the street? So yeah. seemingly they're on the same street. I don't. It doesn't seem like they're that close to each other, but like no. they are on a street somewhere where they're on different sides. To to recap, somehow it changes from episode to episode. But Spencer and Emily could be on the same street. They live very close together. Well, this all ties into Hannah and Aria. They're very close together. Yeah. Because Spencer and Emily both seem to have a vantage point to Allie's house and also Toby's houses, yeah, or so, or something like that. Like they they all like Allison, Toby, and Jenna, Spencer, and Emily all seem to live in like the same. Like you probably like walk to all their houses in like two hundred meters or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so Byron comes over. He uh he's kind of doing a thing where he's just like, oh, this is so frustrated. It's hard being, taking care of my kids now that Ella's gone. And, and I almost felt like he was like, he was just going to act frustrated until like Ashley like did everything for him. Like yeah. I kind of felt like that was his move there. I know that move yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. What, what did you think of Ashley in this scene? Like, is she... Like, is she fishing for anything, or is she just kind of... I think they're both, at times, fishing and then withdrawing. Well, because it, you know, they come back to the scene a few times, and eventually, like, he talks about how, like, oh, I have this faculty dinner to go to, and I don't know what, you know, it's at, like, a Madagascar restaurant or something like that, you know? Moroccan. Um, Moroccan, yeah. I don't know what's on the menu, and she's like, oh, I know about that. So, like, eventually they kind of, like, agree to go together, but then... In the last scene, he's like, all right, we'll pick you up for dinner on Saturday. And then I feel like he stopped because he realized what that sounds like in his head. And yeah. he's like, well, actually, I just remembered that I have to make something up so that I can't do that. You know? Yeah, I have to make up a And a she's story like, oh, yeah. My kids. Oh, yeah, me too. I have a similar lie to tell. You know? And I kind of wondered, like, was Ashley upset here? Or, like, she, she well, actually plays it pretty inscrutably. Yeah, I mean... First of all, Brian's or Byron's not very adventurous of foods he can't pronounce. Yeah. So he talks about his wife as his taste tester. But um it's almost like they're both fishing. I, I feel like they it kind of in a way to me is the mirror image of the Arya Noel Khan scene. And that they're both picking up on like here's somebody who's going through the same thing I am. Well it's almost I'm not like necessarily attracted to them. I'm attracted to the yeah. fact that they had that same experience. Well, well, it's almost like they would have banged if that, like, blackout lasted another few hours, you know? It's um, but at the same time, like, shouldn't Ashley hate Byron? This is a guy well, who cheated on his wife. Why yeah. Yeah, she knows why. That's why and her husband left. He's too. like, well, does everyone in the street know? And she just nods her head. Mm-hmm. But, but, like, uh, Ashley's just... husband left. She should hate Byron for this, but. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, she's... maybe she's thinking, well, he, he's a professor. He's pulling down some dough, you know? <laughs> Things are a little light, Casamarin, right now. And I need, but yeah, but there's other times where in this, these, these sequences where Ashley is clearly like, you need more wine. Mm-hmm. You need all the wine in your glass right now. She's and like, you know, the great thing about going in me, you know, what the great thing about wine is it doesn't require electricity. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's very weird. I remember though, three years ago when I watched the scene for the first time and I watched the episode for the first time and I thought to myself, I would not stand for a world in which Laura Layton 
bangs Chad loves. Oh yeah, yeah, agreed. I, it's, I just I can't accept that he looks like a lesbian. She looks like Laura Layton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think we picked up on this last week, the start of the Byron Ashley. Yeah, there's like just a, a an inkling of I want to say chemistry, but uh, sparks, you know. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um. Um. So yeah, All just right. finishing up with Arya. Uh, after after her her rendezvous with Ezra, she goes back to the locker room. We'll get into why the kids are on the locker room. Mm-hmm. But uh, Noel comes up to Arya and just kind of playfully asks her, "What's up with that? That why did she need to talk to Mister Fitz?" Mm-hmm. Um, and he attempts some like follow up flirting after the little glee moment. Um, Arya's like. Whatever. We need to go on a date so I can make somebody jealous. Yeah, exactly. And I think the only thing like sexier from Noel Collins' perspective is if she had actually said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the sense that uh, she's going to work out things with her mom after all. Like She's going to allow her mom into her life. Yeah. She's going to give her mom the privilege of Arya. Um, what a lucky girl her mom is. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, let's circle back now. Who's next, Hannah or Emily? Yeah. Or? Let's talk about Hannah. Hannah. Hannah doesn't have a ton to do in this episode. She's kind of in the supporting role. Yeah, Lucas is butting up to Hannah because he's he feels very necessary to her with the the clothes thing, selling her clothes online. Mm-hmm. He they they both see that like Mona walks in with a new handbag and it's one that they sold online, you know, seemingly Mona has bought it. Um, and like, he's giggling about that because haha, like Mona bought something on eBay. Um, yeah. and so later on, uh, and of course Mona's like super mean to him and basically tells him to get lost, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like how Lucas kind of looks over at Hannah. He's like, really do I have to get lost? And she's like, yeah, kind of really. Well, what did I have in my notes here? Um, <laughs> I wrote down, Mona shows up and throws some sick burns at Lucas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he makes Beauty the doesn't need bag. a beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can go now. Beauty doesn't need a beast. But first, he makes a comment about her back. And she says, look at you, all in touch of your feminine side. Would that be your right hand or your left hand? <laughs> <laughs> Which is why Mona is vicious and wonderful. Yeah. Well, and then later on, Hannah's kind of like, hey, like, yeah, he's laughing because you bought that bag, which is mine. And Moda, obviously lying, is like, oh, yes, of course I did. I knew that. It was a joke, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then she says uh, she registered at Saks for her birthday so that Hannah can use that money to get her something there. Yeah, yeah. She specifically mentions her birthday. I think it's interesting that uh, this is, like, Mona is, you know, for a while now, been, like, uh, Hannah's best friend. Mm-hmm. But at this point where everyone's studying for the uh, pending SATs, Hannah's sitting at the table of the other three liars. Mona's like sitting at a table behind her. Like, yeah. with no issue. Um, and then, yeah, Mona doesn't understand what's going on with Hannah. She says that you befriended somebody from a different species and you've turned your closet into a swap meet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, she's like, hey, Hannah's like, hey, be nice to uh, Lucas. And Mona's just like, he bugs me. And I'm like, I feel you, Mona. I feel you. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. One. Mona's just a young woman, like, coming into her powers. Mona, she tells uh, Lucas, she says, why don't you ask the wizard for a penis? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're talking about the storm thing, and mm-hmm. uh, he needs to get to us, so you can ask the wizard for a penis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at this at this point, they've moved from, the, everyone's, like, in the library, which is massive, to the locker room, because there's no windows there. Yeah, well, eventually, like, eventually Hannah has to be like, Mona, you need to, like, you know, chill the fuck out. And so then she's, like, not super rude to Lucas for, like, the next part of the episode. And he thanks Hannah for that. Yeah. And he's just painful. He's just, like, an open, awkward he's, scab. He's the anti-Zeth Cohen. Um, Zeth Cohen is, like, he was in, like, kind of an interesting moment in, like, characters in teen shows because the way it normally plays is either the geek 
like reaffirms his geekiness and never gets the girl, you know, like the, the ducky thing, or he suddenly gets cool, you know? Um, but like Zeth Cohen on the OC, like he stayed Zeth Cohen and like everybody else like moves closer to him, you know, on yeah. the spectrum. Like it was, I, I remember being fascinated by that on the OC because it was exactly what you're not expecting to have happen on a show like the OC, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like well, the, the OC like was we're all like, about defying expectations. We're like Ryan, just is like, oh yeah, I like comics. You know, <laughs> like you're just like, wait, what? Like that's not supposed to happen. Like on, on every other teen show, he would like stop reading comics and get into cars or something. You know. Well, that's because uh, eventually they realize that the black and white nerd spectrum, or the black and white like nerd issue, is bullshit. There's yeah. a spectrum like autism. Um. Lucas is on one end of that spectrum where he doesn't he doesn't seem to be able be capable of accepting that like it's okay like he you know he's constantly referring to the, the the liars as like you know royalty and he's a peasant and blah 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 you know like he's not okay letting go of that dynamic and so that's what well, he gets and and again the the show is you know like you don't realize it unless you actually analyze it the show is pretty good about he never changes. Mm-hmm. Him and Hannah bond over certain issues, goofy internet things, um, his skewed view of popularity, and she sees how shallow it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he can be necessary to her in her internet, you know, selling her shit venture. Um, he doesn't like become cool or anything like that. He's still very much who he is, and she's still very much who he is, but they find a certain common ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you said, it's it's not like it's not like we realize that like Lucas can suddenly like throw the football really great or anything like yeah. that. Um closing the door on on, on Lucas. There is a, a larger thing about the issue of who destroyed Allison's memorial and we'll get into it in a minute, but obviously it's not Emily as mm-hmm. they as they set you up to believe. Uh and so later at the end of the episode when uh, Lucas is thanking Hannah for stepping up for him uh hannah's like yeah no problem geek and she storms off and or she walks away and like we pan down to see that lucas has filthy muddy shoes mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense um maybe he's a i mean he he definitely has some good qualifications for being a you know he's obviously a super ton of resentment against ally and good the technology. yeah good at technology uh and he's a nerd so he's kind of half invisible half omniscient mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um just apparently can't clean his shoes after doing a night of vandalism. Yeah. But Hannah doesn't have much to do except for she's kind of like the, uh, the emotional support for Emily stuff. So let's talk about Emily. Yeah. There's a lot of Emily stuff here. Um, so after that opening, uh, scene with, uh, Emily coming rushing into her room, you know, filthy and like incredibly filthy. In fact, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the next day at the school, Wilden's really grilling Emily about Toby and where and Toby's disappearance, mm-hmm. and he's laying it on like extra thick. On well, at one point, he comes over to the girls as they're all like studying and waiting for the test to start. Uh, by the way, the test never happens. <laughs> I feel like we should mention that at some point. Yeah, like they keep delaying and delaying, and then they're stuck at school because of the storm warning, and then it's like, all right, well, you can go home. We're not taking the test. Um, yeah. But he comes over and he's like, so. Where were you got girls last night when this memorial is being destroyed? And uh, we know that Emily wasn't there, but Emily quickly says that we were all studying, you know? Yeah, and she's so alibi. Arya covers for her because Arya's like, what's this? A lie? I'm on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, then, but then they're like, hey, so uh, why did you need us to lie about that? And Emily like gets pissed and leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she also gets a, an, another A text saying uh, something about great expectations. Yeah, basically go check out the the copy of Great Expectations in the library. Mm-hmm. So she goes to do that, finds a note from herself that she's written to Allison in the past. Yeah, it's like an old letter that's obviously A is planted in this book. So, so that's where... It's hard to explain because the way that we we set this these notes up, the way we handle these episodes, but... Mm-hmm. At some point, you know, Arya and Noel are having their moment where they're playing guitar and singing to each yeah. other. And that cuts over to Emily as our montage, which goes into an Emily and Allison flashback. Well, before the, the flashback happens, Emily, she's reading the note and feeling super sad and it's raining outside. And then she looks behind her and like moves some books out of the way. And there's Allison like leaning up against the uh, the bookshelf. Uh, yeah. 
And then we go into a flashback where they're in the library. And I just wrote down in my notes, Allison is a smoke monster. <laughs> like, ponder that. Yeah. Because I, I want to say at least once before, I think Spencer thought she saw Allison somewhere. Like, uh, it is a little bit of like a Jack Cena's dad type of thing, you know? A little bit. A little bit. And, not not and quite as like mysterious. It's it's more like internalized, but Allison's presence is still around. And A is very it's very strange to me, like rewatching this because my I remember when I first watched this show, my feeling was that like A was almost supernatural <laughs> in in her abilities to know things and be in places. And like rewatching it now, I'm amazed at how much the the drama takes center stage and a is still very taking a back seat to a lot of this stuff like like the well, a just gives the, little nudges here and there when when she needs to you know well a is is becoming much more to the forefront now than she was like in those first few episodes you know the girls are still like dragging along all mm-hmm. stuff from the yeah. past these first few episodes but um this flashback is very interesting uh allison's already read great expectations when emily and her are hanging out in the library um they're having a kind of a cute little moment between girls. Allison like likes Emily because she's big on happy endings, and Emily uh, perceiving a, a connection there kisses Allison. Well, after Allison reads a passage from Great Expectations about romance, essentially about love, yeah, uh, and Emily just kind of leans over and kisses her, and Allison kind of smiles. It's actually really good acting on the part of a fifteen-year-old Sasha Pieter or whatever her name is. Um, that can't be easy to do as a 15 year old girl, you know, to like, uh, 15 year old actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she, she gives a good reaction where like, you can tell she didn't totally like the kiss, but she isn't frowning either. She's kind of like just a little confused by it, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the way they, they lay out all of this scene. I absolutely love, like I'm, I'm quite a, I'm kind of amazed that I didn't pick up on how well this was done. When I first watched the show, and I'm like, I'm not kidding. Like, like this isn't ironic. This isn't like, this is actually brilliant to me because they end the flashback of this kiss. Mm-hmm. Then they're cutting back to the present with Emily there in the library. She's reading the note. So this flashback has been like her remembering the incidents that led to her writing this note. Mm-hmm. And in the note, you're reading along the note. She's talking about the kiss and she's saying, and I thought it might happen again. And you, she pauses, she flips over the page to continue the sentence mm-hmm. that she wrote, and it the sentence ends with Threw just in laughed face. in my yeah. face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you just feel like it's like it's such a human thing. You just feel like that that promise of young love and yeah. how it turns sour well, so it, easily. It comes back, there's a second flashback where they're changing in the locker room after like swimming or gym. Brilliant. Or From a library to a locker room. That's the yeah. two big set pieces of this episode. Yeah, and uh Allison's like basically like you know takes off her towel in front of Emily and Emily gets an eye for her, yeah. And Jesus she asks slut. Emily to uh, help her like hook her bra. She puts it on some new like fancy French, French bra, French bra she bought. And so Emily does it, and then like gives her a little like kiss on the uh, on the shoulder, like nape for neck. And and Allison's just like, "What are you doing?" You know. Yeah. Uh, she says, "What is the line?" It's um, if I kissed you, it's just because I was practicing for boys. Is basically what she tells Emily. It's yeah. Poor Emily. She's super crushed. Yeah, know? she makes Emily feel like dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's Emily's like emotional state of being when like Wilden shows up. Oh, we're, f- we're first. Um, she reads this note and then like some like books start falling down and like crazy shit happens. And then she like she's looking to see if somebody else is there. She comes back and her note is gone. You know? But this scene is interesting. This is interesting because the. If you're actually pondering the logistics of how A works, mm-hmm. it's presumably this is A. Like, she's moving back and forth in the stacks, and like, books aren't just like falling on her. Like, they're seeming like, like being directed at her. <laughs> and so I'm looking at this scene and I'm thinking to myself, at one point, do you start to ponder? Cause you know, like, like a book will fly on her, so she'll run around the stack to the other aisle, mm-hmm. and like, there's nobody there. And I'm thinking to myself, at what point do you start to ponder that A is actually on top of the shelves? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's the only place A can be. And it's like, why the? He- I'm like, I'm like, look up, Emily. <laughs> You're killing me here. Look up. Mm-hmm. A is just like a ninja up there. Yeah, really. So uh, yeah, somebody, somebody has taken the note when she comes back. Um, um, yeah. So then, 
later on as, as Emily eventually wanders back because Emily's been uh, distant from the rest of the uh, student body for most of the episode. Yeah. She wanders back in. She gets called away by Wilden, who leads her back into the now empty library to grill her because bum 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 bum. He's got her purse, which has a lot of incriminating well, and, evidence, and he's in got it. pictures of her at the memorial when it's all trashed. And so he's like, "You were lying." And then the the others liars show up, and it's it's a super awkward moment for Emily because there's things that she hasn't told the liars that you know have somewhat innocent explanations but she doesn't really have a chance to offer them you know yeah well he's kind of like grilling her and like you know pulling out all this like kind of like incriminating shit against her one thing that's interesting too is that he has those pictures of her at the destroyed memorial he has them on his phone yeah on his blackberry he never says it but you presume that they were texted to him yeah it's like where did he get those pictures yeah maybe a texted him that's a good point because i mean if he's if he was like, you know, there physically taking the pictures of himself on his phone, he would have mentioned, that. I mean, mm-hmm. he would have been no point for him to hang out to school all day long yeah. during the storm. Like, so you, they never talk about it, but you presume that they were texted to him. Mm-hmm. Um, she has the figurines from the destroyed fountain in her bag. And like a dummy, she's wearing the dirty shoes. Still. Yeah. And Wilden's kind of laying this all out before she can explain herself. And the liars are like, hey, like, you didn't do that right. Like Hannah's like totally got uh, Emily's back here. And she's like, there's no way like Emily would like take those. You planted them in her purse. And then he pulls out his kind of like, you know, closing piece of evidence is the, uh, the letter that Emily wrote to Allison, uh, very hateful letter, apparently though. We never get to read the whole thing. And it is three days before her disappearance. Mm -hmm. And so he pretty much kind of like ice cold, like outs her. To, uh, you know, Hannah already knew, but he outs her to Arya and Spencer. You know, yeah. um, Emily basically has to Dick say, Luke. Emily basically has to say, I, I, you know, I was in love with, uh, Allison and not just as a friend. Yeah. And the they're like, like what? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> You'd see the wheels turning in Spencer's head. You know? Yeah. Um, but essentially what she says is she, she took the figurines because that was like all that was left and, she she went to the memorial originally to apologize to Allison because she wrote terrible things in that letter that she felt bad about later. Uh, we skipped over it because there was no point mentioning until we got to this part. But eventually, towards the end of the episode, Arya will go to try to comfort Emily, mm-hmm. you know, about this and say that I'm sure that Allison loved you, even if it wasn't in the way that you you know loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just couldn't help but feel that like. Arya doesn't understand this and yeah. is a little bit upset about being upstage because she's, God damn it, she's having an emotional moment in this episode, Emily. Yeah, Arya's like, I have, I have lost the center stage here. I will, I will, I will conquer. And then she kind of blows Emily off to go like, uh, like do some no conning. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> can I just mention one funny thing we forgot about the Arya stuff? There's a point where in the, when they're still in the library, she, is going to walk up to where the, uh, I don't know if it's like the principal or whoever's running the test. She's going to walk up to her to ask her a question. But then there's like a picture of like, you know, like teachers of the month or something with like Ezra in it. And she's just like staring at it like a retard. <laughs> the teacher's just like, can I help you? I, I just want to say real quick, because obviously if you've listened to the show at all by now for nine episodes, you can tell that obviously we adore Aria. Mm-hmm. But I want to, I want to, could you defend a comment you made on the regular time travel murder mystery podcast that Jim Harper, TV's greatest monster, more so than Arya? I, I, well, I would say this. I feel like it's possible the newsroom is over, but Arya has so much more work to do. So I don't want to make that call yet. Clearly, Arya is a more adorable monster mm-hmm. than Jim Harper, but uh, uh, could she not also be a greater? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, all all of the liars in their own way are sort of terrifying, but especially yeah. Spencer and Arya. Oh yes, mm-hmm. they are exceptional. They're spectacular. Uh, speaking of which, Spencer, Spencer. But yeah, but just briefly, just wrapping up the Emily stuff. Um, you really do feel bad for her because yeah. it's kind of like in the worst way possible, she gets out of your friends and and it's just like like airing her dirty laundry. You know, Emily like, has. <sighs> She has the least guile of all the girls. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, I don't know, like, it's weird. Like, yeah, you have a certain empathy for her that comes naturally. 
Well, um, and, you know, there there are certain things that like you don't want even your best friends to know. And yeah. unfortunately for Emily, Wilden just like tramples over that. Because Wilden is like such a tremendously bad cop. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get to what happens with Wilden in a bit. But yeah, let's get back to Spencer. That's where it's all at. Yeah, Busy so scaring everyone under fifty. Uh, uh, much like uh, <laughs> much like Arya, Spencer's mom is present for parts of the, uh, the day. Um, yeah, we find out that the mom doesn't know about her boyfriend, and then the boyfriend Alex is there. He's like his school's taking the test at the same place, and Spencer is like, "Oh, well, I guess I have to introduce you." So she she introduces Alex to her mom, and then in the in the parlance of uh, Clue. They both flinched as they met yeah. each other. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, somebody seems to know somebody else already. And there's a lot of really awkward, like, it was nice to see you. I mean, meet you, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, um, it could not be more obvious. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people acting very, like, blatantly suspicious in this episode. Yeah. And Mrs. Yvette and Miss Scarlet flinched. Uh, just and the lightning flames? crashes. Yeah. Flames. <laughs> yeah. Um,. <laughs> The woman who plays, I don't know the actress's name, but the woman who plays Spencer's mom, like, we don't say nearly enough about how fantastic she is. Mirska, I think, Fogarty, there's a, there's a joke they make online out. She, she looks like a Mirska. Mirska Hagatang? Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, um. Yeah, she's good, and they have a great scene later, her and Troyan, that only makes the Alex bro seem even more annoying because he's such a terrible actor. You know. He is such a terrible actor. The thing on his chin is a better actor mm-hmm. than the rest of him. Yeah. So um, other than uh, being her usual Spencer self, she kind of Spencer spends the rest of the episode trying to get the story out of her dick of a boyfriend who won't tell it and is kind of a dick about it too. Like there are ways that this guy can b- kind of be like, look, it's it's not my secret to tell. You know, there's nothing bad, but it's just not something I'm, I'm supposed to talk about. In the language of TV. You're mm-hmm. supposed to remember that Spencer's parents are rich. Mm-hmm. They go to the club. Tennis bro is just one of the poor peasants who works there and serves He's the help. them. Yeah. He's the help. And you're supposed to think that the mom did something rude or was mean to yeah, him. Yeah. And that he's protecting her. That's what you're supposed to think. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a point where three of the girls are talking about their lives now. Don't you feel like if it was one of the liars, they'd have a way better way of brushing this off than Alex? Like, yeah, this guy yeah. just, he does not have like moves in that oh, regard. Just, just slide this, this scene, this part or whatever over to Aria and just watch magic happen. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Watch her pull some rabbits out of her. <laughs> Aria will make you feel bad for even asking and change the subject. You know, exactly. Exactly. Um, Spencer has a great line she where she changed the subject to her. She's basically talking to the other girls. Like they're, it almost like Spencer's walking back a little bit from her dead certain Toby assumptions. Well, I and like how the uh, Wilden uh, has mentioned that uh, they like Toby was spotted at a gas station or something. And so Hannah's like, so I guess he's not dead. <laughs> yeah. Like Hannah, they're all okay with the idea that Toby just died. You know? But Hannah's like very much on the board still that uh, like like Toby could be A or what have mm-hmm. you. Spencer well, is ambiguous that she doesn't know who A could be because she makes the comment, I hear more from Allison now than when she was alive. Mm-hmm. Well, and Arya rightly points out, like, it could have just been Toby that texted you as A to say that he wasn't A, that Toby wasn't A, you know? It's like, yeah. you can't really trust A here. And then Spencer gets a text from A warning her that she's about to lose Emily. Mm-hmm. And again, in this episode, uh, you know, sometimes we're reaching at this theory and sometimes I, I feel like there's some real stuff there, but only Spencer and Emily get texts from A in this well, episode. Well, to me, the fun thing about my theory, I'm not saying you have to 100% take it as fact, but to me, it's a, it's a fun way to read the show. I, I complain yeah. sometimes about Breaking Bad, even though it's a fine show, that it doesn't have the kind of levels you can read the way a show like this does. You know, yeah. like I feel like this show is more inviting to different readings of it. And. Mark, mark his words, ladies and gents. He's going on on record saying it that a certain way, Prilla Liars is up here <laughs> and Breaking Bad is down here. <laughs> we'll talk about that more on our main podcast. Um, but yeah, so, so prior to, I, I'm a little behind on my notes here, but prior to that bit where Spencer's mom ran into Tennis Bro, 
Spencer is very worried about her mom running in the tennis bro because, again, he is the help. He, yeah. So he's some she doesn't kid. want her mom to know that she's dating the help. Even though she already went to homecoming with him. And I liked how when she introduced uh, the two of them, she's like, yeah, I went to homecoming with him. And the mom's like, right. Homecoming. Yeah. Him. Don't recall Shit. that. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So a couple times she tries to get Tennis Bro to talk about whatever's going on between him and the mom, and he's just blows her off. He's just a dick. I can't stand that guy. Yeah. Um, and then she tells her that it is indeed up to her mom to talk about it. Um. Mm-hmm. So uh, my notes basically like just like flash forward to Spencer at the end when the four liar or the three liars show up to defend Emily when Wilden's grilling mm-hmm. her, and then who should walk in but Spencer's mom. Spencer's mom walks in. Mom Bear Hastings basically tears Wilden a new asshole. She, it's it's funny. It's almost like it's so tossed off. She's like, oh, well, as long as I'm here, I might as well destroy you personally and professionally. You know, she might as well have uh, when that scene was over, she might as well have looked back at him because she basically says, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, you're you're like can't question a minor. Yeah. Minors about adult present. You can't just like pull things out of her purse. That's inadmissible. She might as well have walked out of that room looked back at him over her shoulder, spit, mm-hmm. and then been like, boom, lawyered. Yeah. Well, it's like, you've you've kind of, like, got this sense that uh, that Spencer's parents have, like, like business people superpowers, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, there are these, like, rich blue blood types who, like, you know, kick ass professionally. But you've never really seen it happen until now. And the mom just comes in and just dispatches Will. Yeah, they're then, not, they're not, uh... They're not necessarily nouveau riche. Yeah. They're they're people. They were they weren't handed their money per se. But we, like, we've been hearing about how Rosewood is this town you don't fuck up in, and like now you see why. You know now you see the the power of the town and like the kind of the establishment. You, you know. I'm sorry. You just reminded me of my favorite line from Wild oh? Things. What's that? My daughter does not get raped in Blue Bay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another classic movie. Um, yeah, so, so eventually Spencer's like, look, I can't sit in a car with you until we talk about what happened to Tennis Bro. And as only happens in television, Spencer's mom leads her into a classroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever had a conversation with somebody where it's like, we can't talk in this hallway, or even though nobody can hear us, we have to walk into a separate room to have this conversation? Where I've never I, lived the, that dramatic of a life. The place where I work does have little rooms for that, but it's a little bit different. Um, do you do that, though? Occasionally. Wow, cool. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to point out, before they go into that room and Spencer's like, ah, oh, shit, you're shutting the door. This must be serious. Um, Spencer does say she she thanks her mom for stepping in, and her mom replies, it was pro bono. <laughs> And then the mom proceeds to kind of, you know, tell the story. Basically, like, the mom had, like, a cancer scare and got drunk at the club when Spencer and uh, her dad and sister were out of town. And this guy, like, helped her to her car, you know, or called a cab or whatever. The um, the way she starts to wear that, though, is fantastic. That that lost weekend with, uh, yeah. I spent most of Friday drunk. I was hungover on Sunday, and I don't remember Saturday at all. <laughs> Spencer's just like, what the fuck? She's like, I really don't want to hear the rest of the story now. Yeah. But good, I good love acting. that she drinks sidecars because that's yeah. such an old-fashioned drink. Of course. Well, she's a high-powered lawyer. She uh, really good acting by both, you know, Troyan and uh, the, the mom, whose name we should probably look up. Um, when the mom kind of reveals that the, the reason for her being drunk was she, you know, had like a, a lump removed from her breasts and cancer yeah. scare. Uh, Spencer just looks super like wide-eyed and panicked, you know. Um, and the mom, really... the, the mom says, our family doesn't handle imperfection well. <laughs> That's why yeah. Spencer's like, you know, dad never told me. And the mom's just like, what makes you think your dad knew? <laughs> yeah. Well, Spencer has to chime in with being sick is not an imperfection, mm-hmm. which is kind of, it's, it's, it's an interesting way they were, they were to scene because you've spent the whole episode with the well-established assertion that, that her parents are these rich assholes. Yeah. Who look down on like the, the club peasants or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the mom has this very human moment of not only being like something of a, of a fuck up in public, but that it comes from this very like, you know, real scare that she might have yeah. had cancer and the scare that's, it's very feminine. And then she brings it right back to the Hastings, you know, like, uh, like they're like uber creatures <laughs> <Yeah>. that be, <laughs> that does not handle imperfection well. 
But then she basically gives her seal of approval to Alex, which I almost wish she hadn't. She's like, that being said, that guy's still a tool. Look at his chin, Spencer. Look mm-hmm. at his chin. We don't need weak chins in this family. Um, and then the episode ends with A. Yeah. Well, I did, and Allison. It, we do, is interesting in this episode, we get a couple of rare, like, wide exterior shots of, like, mm-hmm. the kind of geography. Um, I found that interesting just because you almost never see that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get, episode ends with you see Luke's dirty feet. Maybe he's A, you know, and then, uh, you get the A tag, which is just, uh, you see a quick video of Allison saying, I know you want to kiss me. And then the video pauses. She's the, someone's filming her and she's mm-hmm. talking to the person who's filming her. And she's wearing the, uh, the shirt that she was wearing when she disappeared that she yeah. saw in the, the pilot. Uh, and then A takes like a flash drive or, or I think it's flash drive, right? And she puts it yeah. in a, an envelope and sends it to the, or it's well, addressed to the cops. So presumably it's, it's going to the cops. It's, yeah, she puts an envelope addressed to the Rosa police. Mm-hmm. The return address is simply A. And then she writes in anonymous. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, again, well written because the, the, the residents of previous things, she's, she's talking to you, the audience saying, I know you want to kiss me. Mm-hmm. In the same episode where the big thing of her was some stolen kisses between her and Emily. Yeah. Yeah. So Emily possibly still a suspect here. You know, I, yeah. I it's interesting that a has their own knowledge of what happened with Allison and is kind of stringing it out. And it's like, is a trying to reveal the killer? You know, does a know or is this, yeah. you know, like what exactly is a's goal here? We don't really know yet. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You very rarely. It's interesting because uh, not a lot of people talk about it. But I, I want to say it's like a, it's the Italian like giallo style by which they they show a, where all you see is like an arm, you know, yeah. here and there, like a black gloved arm, black, black gloves, sleeves, black sleeves. Yeah. Um, you'll see more of A's signature outfit later on the show. But yeah, it's you see very little of a. There's no real. I think we, we just kind of presume that A is a woman, but you you really don't know. A could be a man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite interesting. Yeah. So I would I would say other than Alex being in this episode, I really liked it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh. It's weird and dark and stormy. You know, like it. It just has a good vibe that like it really reminds me of high school. You know. Yeah, it really did, and and I mean it's. By this point, it's kind of strange that for a show that you think would be so ridiculous as this show, and this show is ridiculous, no, make, make no mistake, um, they have a good sense of who their characters are nine episodes in. Yeah. You know? Well, I also want to point out, like, it's nine episodes into the show now. It's um, seemingly like it's the show started at Labor Day, and it's now, like, like mid-October, maybe, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's it's not like zooming through high school like hitting all the like you know homecoming episode christmas episode type stuff you know right right you i don't think you realize that yet though because like it's but it's basically going to be doing like a dawson's creek thing where the first two seasons will will comprise of one school year Mm -hmm. um but i don't I don't, I don't know that you can really quite tell that as a viewer just yet, but that is what's going on. Yeah. Yes. We're here to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. Well, it's so rare you even get to see weather on a TV show just because for, you know, budgetary reasons and whatnot. Well, again, like I said, it's the fact that it's an SAT episode. You never mm-hmm. see that in high school shows. Buffy didn't take SATs, you know what I mean? I did like, uh, Hannah's line about how you don't suddenly start talking about you know higher vocabulary when you get to college and spencer's like it's just to get into college you know <laughs> spencer knows what's up with standardized testing yeah spencer knows yeah all right well uh next week is what is the name of next week's episode let me check uh keep your friends keep close. your friends close yes so and i i believe I, I didn't watch it when it aired, but I believe the way the show, it, it airs this way now and it aired this way then was that they would do like half a season, take a little break and then do the second half. Right. Like they would like do like traditionally, like way back when, when people watch normal network TV, they'd like stretch out 22 episodes over like a full year with just like the summer off, but then like lots of reruns. 
Um, this show, it kind of does them like all in a bunch, you know, it'll do like half a season, take some time off and then the other half of the season. And I believe the next week's episode is the end of the first half of season one. Bum, 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 bum. So it's, it's kind of like a, it's like a mini boss, you know, it's a mid season finale. It means next week's episode should be pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Looking forward. Yeah. Until then. Bye bye. Bye.